the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by KeepingMedicareSimple.com and The Floor King. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Onward we roll. Hour number three is underway at 10 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Wednesday. It's the 17th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2023. Great conversation earlier this morning with Michael Ganadakis, the... um, President of Ohio Right to Life on the August eighth or the August eighth special election, and obviously the importance of winning and defeating the ballot in, in, initiative in November. Uh, if you missed that conversation, <clears throat> that's bad on you. You shouldn't have. You should uh, catch up and atone for your mistake, atone for your sin. Make sure you check it out on the webpage at uh, whkradio.com. About an hour after the show, it'll go live. You'll see it there on the uh, podcast page. So check it out for yourself. Speaking of podcasts, it has been a little bit of a break that we've taken from Talking Smack with Bob and Jack. But this is my partner in Talking Smack with Bob and Jack. Welcome back, Jack Windsor, to our program. Jack and friends, go ahead. Make sure you applaud your hero. Jack Windsor is the editor and the editor in chief, rather, and the founder of the Ohio Press Network. He also has been our State House correspondent for AM fourteen twenty. The answer, Jack Windsor. Good morning, good sir. How are you, Bob? I'm super fantastic. Great to be back in the saddle with you today. Thanks for having me, man. Good to have you, my friend. We have a lot of work to do here. I got about four or five different topics. By the way, it must be really nice for you. You know, when a guy like me. Uh, you know, is trying to put his topics together and decide what he's going to cover, what he wants to comment on, what he wants to present to people. Every day I've got to go to a bunch of different news sources and find my, uh, find my material. And a guy like you just says, I have to go to my news source. I want to talk about something. I just open up the Ohio Press Network. It's yours for crying out loud. That must feel pretty good. Yeah, that's one of the spoils of this, uh, enterprise. Uh, although it is, uh, it is a labor of love, man. We have a lot of loyal readers and supporters, and uh, we look forward to growing here in uh, 2023 and into next year. So, yeah, that's a, a fantastic benefit for sure. 
I'm, I have no doubt about that. Okay, Jack, let's dive into some of the legislation now in the Ohio State House. Let's start with the Save Women Sports Act. This is something that's been sitting there and uh, not being moved upon now for well over a year. Um, I know it was uh, passed as an amendment to House Bill 151 uh, back in June of last year. Um, this is becoming a much bigger deal because of the ongoing attempts by males to um, inject themselves into female sports, right? Riley Gaines is pushing back very hard on that. We want to protect Ohio girls in sports, or at least I do. Where is Where are we with that bill? Yeah, uh, fantastic question. So the bill is uh, in committee and actually just passed out of committee. It's in the House Higher Education Committee, and uh, they reported it out earlier in the week. And there is a session today, a voting session. Um, so this may be on the agenda today. But the bill, just as a reminder, it requires uh, each school that participates in athletic competitions or events uh, that are administered by an organization that regulates interscholastic athletic conferences or events to designate separate single-sex athletic teams based on the sex of the participants, not gender. Uh, it, it's called the Save Women's Sports Act. And it also prohibits uh, any state actor from um, punishing a school or a school district or a university that complies with the bill's single-sex participation requirements. So um, this would be a big victory in terms of truly protecting women's rights and protecting uh, their sports. I think if this gets through the House, I think it sails through um, the Ohio Senate. I cannot understand how anyone could see otherwise. I don't care what your feelings are on trans issues. I just... Girls have been competing against girls and have been given the opportunity to succeed, to achieve, to, to thrive, to earn scholarships, and so on and so forth. Um, since, since Title IX passed, obviously, the idea that they should have to share their spaces and their competitions with biological males who have a natural, built-in, physical advantage over them, how anybody could say, let's do that. Um, and still call themselves supportive of women. And I'm talking about feminists in the Democrat Party, as I understand it, Jack. Out, out of that House uh, Higher Education Committee, uh, every Democrat voted against this bill to protect women in their sports. And one Republican, shock of all shocks here, it's trans-dem Gail Manning from North Ridgeville. Those are the, uh, she's the only Republican in that committee who voted against this. Um, so I'm, I'm failing to understand how anybody can say that I support women, including women, if they don't support women and their rights to compete and to, again, share their own private spaces um, with one another. Yeah, it's... <laughs> So you have a daughter, I have a daughter, um, and in full transparency, uh, my daughter's tan. And if you're a boy, you really don't want to mess with her uh, on the jujitsu match. You can kick your butt. Uh, but what's going to happen at some point is that they're going to hit puberty, her and the, and the kids her age, and the lines are never going to cross again. Men have more dense bones. They have thicker muscle structure. They have greater lung, lung capacity. capacity. Yep, there you go. I mean, th- those are all biological facts. And, you know, you and they don't change with thing. hormone blockers. Those things no. don't change. People say, oh, I, you know, I'm on estrogen now and, uh, you know, testosterone blockers and all this stuff. doesn't matter. It doesn't change your bone structure. It doesn't change your muscle mass. It doesn't change your lung capacity and all of the things that make men men and women women. No, it doesn't. And, by the way, just a quick sidebar. I mean, we grew up. Around the same time period, I think I'm a few years younger, but, you know, I remember going to school with guys who wanted to compete in Division One college athletics, 
and they wanted a little help. So so they injected themselves, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, roid rage was a thing, right? When you put synthetic things into your body that they don't know how to process and it, you know, exacerbates certain developments. It, it, so that's the other conversation we're not having. I, I get that sometimes these uh, hormones and blockers are administered by doctors, but what is the real impact of that psychologically, emotionally, physically? Um, but that's another topic, I guess, for another day. But look, um, males after a certain point, they are, um, they're just stronger. They're bigger. And the horror story that we hear often is about the MMA fighter who's crushed two women's skulls. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a male competing as a female. But, you know, the other thing that gets denied is that, well, look, there aren't that many, and it's not really making an impact. Well, I'll talk to Riley Gaines. I think it has made an impact. There are schools uh, in Connecticut where um, girls have been displaced. Records have been broken. Uh, so this is a real thing. And as we go further down the line and – uh, this ideology continues to get pushed through social media and other political organizations like schools. Uh, I think you're going to see more of it. And it really is a shame because, uh, you know, Title IX originally in 1972 was created to protect women uh, and to make sure that they had their own space, that they had the opportunity to compete in their own leagues. And this completely undoes all of that. Completely agree. Jack Windsor is our guest, the founder and editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network. Jack, let's move on to another bill. And shockingly, I just mentioned Gail Manning is the only Republican to side with the Dems. She's a trans-Dem. I know she wasn't in the Gang of 22 because she conveniently missed that vote. Um, she just wasn't there. So she didn't get lumped in with the Gang of 22. But let's be real, it's a Gang of 23, and she's one of them. Uh, and as evidence of that, tell me about Ohio's third-grade reading guarantee and why Gail Manning is sponsoring a bill that would essentially end that guarantee, that kids don't have to be able to read to be able to move on from grade three to grade four. Yeah, so this came about uh, 2013, 2014. The state said, look, we want to make sure that our kids are able to read by third grade, which when you do uh, take a look at all the longitudinal studies, uh, reading comprehension uh, is critically important, not only to education educational development but actually it impacts your your overall health in in your lifespan down the line and uh what is going to potentially happen with this bill is beginning in 2023 2024 so next year it eliminates student retention under the third grade reading guarantee meaning a student can pass out of third grade if they don't pass the third grade um, reading literacy test and it expands grade bands for which school districts and chartered non-public schools are required to provide reading intervention services. So it does increase intervention services, and it expands from three to five grades um, in which the State Board of Education must prescribe standards for teaching of phonics and in-service training programs for teachers. So that's the meat of the bill. Gail Manning wants it to get over the finish line. Uh, our reporting has uncovered that about 1% of students were not able to pass that test last year. Gail Manning claims that there has been a significant up uptick in illiteracy uh, since the pandemic, and you scratch your head and go, well, yeah, the government shut schools down, essentially, and, and made the learning environment difficult. But uh, this could get a vote as early as today, Bob, in the House. I, I'm just I'm failing to understand. I mean, maybe I'm just dense here. Um, how is a third-grade child supposed to succeed in fourth grade if they can't read? When the work gets harder and when the when the material gets harder to understand 
and they can't read their reading books, they're not going to then be able to read their history books. They're not going to be able to read their uh, their their math, their word problems in math. I mean, I mean, if a kid can't read, how does this benefit to socially promote them? All this does is rewards them. And again, I shouldn't say it like that. Like some, some third graders intentionally trying not to learn how to read, but but it essentially gives them, uh, you know, the same uh, promotion to the next grade that everybody else has. And how are they going to catch up? How are they going to catch up and actually get to grade level if they're reading things that they cannot comprehend? A couple of the arguments that we've heard back from readers after we published the article, one of them is, hey, you know, my kid just doesn't test well. So that's one of the arguments. Well, the way that this test is administered uh, maybe doesn't accurately reflect whether my child can read or comprehend, so on and so forth. So that's one of the arguing points. I'm not before or against it, I'm just saying that's one I of get the so sick of that argument. Here. I Jack, I get so sick of that argument. In other words, no, my my son is a really good student. He does really, really, really well. Right up until the time, it's time for us to find out what, whether or not he knows anything that he learned. Uh, <laughs> when, we, when we give them the test to see did that sink in or not, do you understand it? And he can't do it. But other than that, he's a great student. Testing is testing is is how we find out if yeah. he understood the stuff for crying out loud, and whether or not he's ready to move on to advanced concepts. Yes, and and frankly, the other uh, thing that we're hearing. I think probably comes a lot from teacher unions, and that is, hey, we just we don't want to teach the tests, right? We want to be able to teach. And as a parent, as somebody who understands economics, it's really simple. You judge the value of what you have in terms of what you had to give up to get what you have. So, look, we have limited resources. We have limited time. What you spend your time on, that's going to be reflected in the outcome. So I think the hard wrestling match here, and this is where it gets political, is, well, what are you doing in the classroom? Let's let's look at reading, writing, and math. And are we maximizing the outputs there by maximizing the inputs? Or are we well, spending a lot of time doing some social, emotional learning, political stuff? There you that, go. I'm sorry, Jack. That's, I, I, that's, that's what I was going to say when you were done, and now you said it before I got there. You're, that's exactly right. If they would spend more time teaching reading, that's not, quote, teaching to the test, but if you teach reading, guess what that will happen when they have to take the reading test? They'll pass it. If you teach math, guess what will happen when you te- when they have to take the math test? But they don't want to say they're teaching to the test because they want to spend their time teaching all of this social justice bullcrap, all of this woke CSE and CRT and everything else that they have going on, and that's what's so aggravating. If you did your jobs and taught the material, the test will take care of itself. But they want to spend their time teaching all of this other crap and dealing with all of the pronoun games and I mean, how much class time is wasted with that junk. Um, you know, and, and then the kids can't read, but we're going to put... The kid can't read, but he's going into fourth grade knowing exactly what it means to be non-binary. Oh, that's super. You did, you've done your job there, teacher. Jack. Jack, I mean, let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack, let's move on. Uh, there's another bill I want to talk about. This one um, is uh, being sponsored by Jerry Serino on the Senate side. It is also coming up for a vote today. Um, it's going to come out of the committee and probably hit the House floor for a vote very, very soon, according to what he told me yesterday. Uh, House bill, or excuse me, Senate Bill 83 does have a companion in the House, so if both of these things are passed in short order out of committee, they should become law very, very soon. Uh, but here's what Jerry Serino said about uh, Senate Bill 83 yesterday, Jack. Senate Bill 83 was introduced about two months ago. You know, our universities really all around the country, and including Ohio, uh, have, have, have developed this single line of thought, uh, which is very woke, 
and, you know, we all know that predominantly the faculty and administrators in universities and colleges are, are, I mean, predominantly liberal. Uh, in fact, I saw a statistic in a recent study of Ohio State University from 21 and 22 where of all the faculty members who contributed to political campaigns, 97% went to Democratic candidates. So that gives you some idea, and there are other studies, of, of who's in charge of these universities and, and what their beliefs are and, and how their attempts inculcate their views uh, and not allowing uh, other views to, uh, to uh, develop and to, to expose students to a divergent views. They talk about diversity a lot, except diversity of opinion and diversity of thought is not really encouraged on our campuses. This bill is designed to take a giant step in getting this course correction done at our Ohio universities and colleges. So, Jack, we go from third grade, grade reading to um, higher education now. How do you react to that? What are your thoughts on that, Bill? Well, my thoughts are, are manyfold. Uh, you know, the bill... It wants to. It aims to do a couple things. It, it wants to um, not uh, allow mandated diversity trainings, and um, you know that makes sense to me. It wants to end partnerships with uh, Chinese institutions. That makes sense to me. By the way, I'm editorializing here, giving you my opinion since you asked. Um, prohibitions on faculty unions striking during contract negotiations. That makes sense to me. And new evaluations for students to rate professors on how well. They've removed bias from their classrooms. That's called feedback. In, in the private industry, we have feedback by are we selling stuff? Are we getting good reviews? Well, we should be doing the same thing in, our, in education because, by the way, education is what's going to affect the economy down the line. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of controversy because the bill, I, all, I believe, also aims to have a panel uh, that the House Speaker, Senate President, and Governor each appoint three people to that would um, – really kind of retool how certain things are taught in kindergarten through uh, 12th grade. So, you know, uh, talking about things like history and civics and government. And so that's one of the big, um, I guess, stinks that the the liberal media is having um, and that progressives are having is that, well, wait a minute, now we're going to have conservatives or Republicans telling us what kind of stuff we can teach uh, in our classrooms regarding history and civics. Yeah, and that is their complaint. Um, but the, the, the trade-off here is that they have been controlling what is being taught now for, for years and years and years. They have been silencing conservative viewpoints of things. And quite frankly, and I, and I know I'm biased on this, obviously, as a conservative, but when we talk about history and civics, we're talking about actual history. We're talking about recorded history, not modern revision of history, which is what they're doing right. with things like CRT. So I know I'm biased right. in that, but that, that actual conservative view of these things or the traditional realistic view of these things has been gone from so long or for so long rather any resistance um you know that they offer is it should be laughed at because they have controlled the narrative and they've controlled the curricula for you know at least a couple of decades now as this has gone further and further to the left yeah they have uh, the state board of education had folks that were appointed by the governor some of them were elected by voters but you know it's, it's a great exception to one of the articles that uh was written about this um, because uh, State Representative Jones is somebody who supports it. And in the article, it says Jones is no stranger to controversial bills in education. In 2021, he sponsored a bill to ban critical race theory in K through 12 schools. 
though that is a college-level concept not taught in elementary or middle schools. Wrong, Karen Kastler. Um, <laughs> there are at least four uh, undercover investigations that we published that showed, yeah, they're being taught. They may not be written in a book, but they're being taught in they're being infused in the English lessons, in the, the athletic lessons. I'll give you a personal example. When my daughter brought home a worksheet that said, hey, if you have 20 apples, how many do you put on each of five tables for them to be distributed in equity? And I said, no, we're not doing equity. They we said about equity? Yes, that was in the math. So this is how they do it, right? Oh. <laughs> they and and then they're also teaching kids that they there's a, a children's bill of rights that you have a right to be who you are. Um, well, that's not necessarily true. There's a bill of rights that's one of our founding documents, and there are certain rights that you have when you're born. There are certain rights that are deferred until you're 18 or 21 years old. Um, but this is how they do it, right? They infuse it into several different lessons, and if you call it critical race theory, they stop calling it that. They'll just call it something else. So it's it's really uh, disingenuous when people say, well, this isn't really being taught in K through 12. Yes, it really is on a daily basis in a lot of districts. You know, I said almost the same exact thing in hour number one when I first talked about that uh, particular bill, and I concur 100 percent. Hey, Jack, I did have one more question from you about something that the governor of Ohio may or may not be doing. Can you hang on? Yep, absolutely. Okay, Okay, stick with me. We're going to talk about uh, one more thing with Jack Windsor after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, that's us all over. It's uh, 1134. We're going to continue just for a few more minutes with Jack Windsor while we've got him. He is the uh, founder and editor of the uh, Ohio Press Network. He is also my partner on the Talk and Smack with Bob and Jack podcast, which is going to be coming back to uh, fruition very, very soon. Jack, um, I got a question here that I was asked to pass along to you, and I'm more than happy to do it because I'm also interested. The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, is asking for assistance from other Republican governors to help his state deal with the crushing number of illegal immigrants that are pouring across the border into his state. Ron DeSantis is among the Republican governors in Florida who has agreed and is sending state resources to help Texas. Um, our question is, and the question from the uh, person who sent this to me is, is what about Ohio? Is Mike DeWine going to consider sending Ohio resources to help protect Ohio? Um, is, and secondly, is Ohio accepting illegals into the state as a quote-unquote sanctuary the way other states are? Yeah, so real quick uh, before I answer that, 7 million people have been apprehended or reported evading capture by law enforcement since President Joe Biden took office. Now, it's important to remember that they stopped reporting at some point. And so that number is even higher. There were an estimated 150,000 people at the border waiting uh, when Title 42 expired at midnight on May 12th. So Abbott calls for help. And uh, my, I have a, <laughs> I have an email out to Governor DeWine's uh, press secretary, Dan Tierney. I won't hold my breath on a response, but I did have a great conversation with um, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost last week and uh, I intend to reach out to him and his office uh, personally and uh, just get a feel for whether Ohio is going to send troops, money, I, I don't know. Um, but there are certain, uh, I-, I don't know, rules 
by which they can play that would allow uh, states to, to send folks there to help. And uh, I just don't have a real clear answer on that, but we are looking into it, and I'll get you an answer as soon as I have one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny how insulated we feel because we're not on the border. And I say we, I think I mean a lot of states uh, feel because we're not on the border. And, boy, that's a tough thing. We do. We empathize. We have some real, real, you know, empathy for people who are down there in El Paso and in, you know, in, in border cities and communities in Arizona, New Mexico and California. And, and we feel bad, but, you know, it's not a really our problem until it becomes our problem. And when you have the number of people who are coming across who simply cannot be held, cannot be provided for, and who are being allowed under the catch and release program to stay, they can't be kept in those particular states. They're coming everywhere, including here. I want Mike DeWine to provide us with numbers. I want Mike DeWine, and maybe if you do get a response from Tierney, you can ask this, but I would like Mike DeWine to tell us exactly how many illegal immigrants have been accepted into the state of Ohio, and where are they? Where are they being yeah. housed? Where are they being uh, educated? Where are they being given medical attention? And what is the ultimate cost to Ohioans for those things? Yeah, a couple <laughs> I agree. We, we will ask those questions. A couple other things before I let you go. I, I guess, number one, um, this is this is an Ohio issue. I, I talked to Dave Yost last week. In Franklin County, they uncovered rainbow fentanyl that probably had come across the border. So even though we're in Ohio, the drug problem reaches Ohio. That's a significant issue. Those things are packaged to, to be marketed to our kids, um, and that's horrendous. The, the other issue is the Biden administration says, hey, you know, we've sent 1,500 people there. But they also admit we're not stopping people. We're just going to help process them. At what point do you go, okay, if drugs and humans are coming over the border illegally, how is the federal government aiding and abetting that process? And where is the accountability? That's the other question that needs to be asked. Yeah, well, there is no accountability, and uh, aiding and abetting is a very, very good word. And, um, you know, the, the, the amount of fentanyl, the amount of human beings that have been tra- trafficked, both of those things across the border, drugs and human beings, they're at record highs, according to what they can count. And as you say, many of these things they can't count. The over one million gotaways uh, since the Biden administration has been in office, probably closer to two now, um, you know, they're the ones bringing things and, and, you know, across that they cannot be caught with. They cannot be, you know, uh, you know, uh, they're not just catch and release people or they can turn themselves in, no, say asylum and be set free because they've got things. So Lord only knows how much worse that problem is going to get and how quickly it's going to reach your kids' playground, this rainbow fentanyl you talk about, which is made to kind of look like Skittles or whatever and make it look like candy to get kids on it. Um, you know, the goal, of course, to, of the, of the dealers and the cartels is to get them addicted to it so they can continue to bring more and sell it. Um, you know, but obviously, uh, it, you know, oftentimes it just kills them on their very first dose. And, yeah. and this is coming to Ohio too. So I would hope that Governor DeWine and, um, you know, and, and the Ohio General Assembly, that they're aware of these things and that they are making plans to, to do what can be done from where we sit to stop it. Amen. Here, here. Uh, 125 uh, terrorists, folks that are on the that list, have, have been apprehended. List. Yeah. So, I mean, how many have... Huh? How many have come across that we're not even aware of? This is a, this is a crisis. It's a drug crisis. It's a human uh, smuggling crisis. It's a it's a it's a national security crisis, and um, you know it's Ohio all of those. Has- you- 
Jackie, you, you're you're so right. It's a for for us, it's a national security crisis. For the people who are going through it, it's a humanitarian crisis. And yet, what's Joe Biden doing? He's going to Japan, but he can't find his way down to the Rio Grande. He can't find his way down there to the border now that Title 42 has been lifted at his discretion. He can't go down to see the the results of his decision, the handiwork that he is responsible for solely when we had record low immigration, 50-year record low immigration in the last administration. And now we have record high administration in the new administration. One would think that he'd be proud of the decisions he's made and go down there and actually have a look-see and say, oh, yeah, this is working just like I I plan he won't go there and give it attention, but he's going to go to Japan instead. His schedule is too busy. I, I think the most insulting thing is to hear him and to hear uh, Alejandro Mayorkas uh, say that the border is closed. Um, you know, I, it's it's gaslighting. It's it's dishonest and uh, it's disgusting. Um, but I'm not here to editorialize. <laughs> no, you can if I ask. No, you can if I yeah. ask for an editorial. Uh, you know, okay, and, uh, there you, and go. you know, yeah, you do journalism when you do journalism. You can do editorializing when when you want to do editorializing. Uh, and, and, the, and, and then what's worse than that, just to just to put a cap around this, is when he sends the press secretary out there to say that under this president's leadership, illegal immigration is down ninety percent. <laughs> because because we changed the definition of illegal. <laughs> and we stopped counting. See how yeah. that works, Bob? Yep. I mean, it's it's ins- it it literally is insane. And um I wake up every day in in the news business and I just go, "Man, what what are we going to learn today?" I mean, you know, we learned that the uh, Department of Justice is culpable in some of the most heinous things that we've seen in the past 10 years. Um and you know, and now we have an administration that uh, wants to ignore the drug problem, wants to ignore the, the crime problem, wants to ignore it all and just say, hey, no, 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 you're not. What you see isn't accurate. Listen to me. There's no problem. Immigrants aren't. The border's closed. It's yep. insane, Bob. It, it, it's it, really is every, insane. it is every bit of that. Well, it's voting day in Columbus, so we're going we're gonna to get some results of some uh, committee decisions today. We'll talk with Jack Windsor about that next week. And, of course, when we do talk at Smack with Bob and Jack, coming back again real soon. Jack Windsor, uh, make sure, uh, everybody, make sure you go to the website, The Ohio Press Network, The Ohio Press Network, and subscribe and get, keep yourself up to date on all Ohio news and national issues as well. Jack Windsor, thank you. Thank you, brother. You got it. 11.42, that's going to wrap it for us today. Uh, got just a couple of minutes, <clears throat> excuse me, left. Um, there, there are some bills that are extremely important, as Jack is just pointing out. And if you are so inclined and so moved to do so, can you please make a last-minute call? To, uh, to the office of, a, of, of your representative. Can you make a last-minute text or, or, excuse me, email message? Uh, all of their uh, numbers and, and emails, of course, are available at the Ohio House and Senate websites. Tell them you want to pass the Women's Sports Act. Tell them you want kids to have to be able to read before they go from third to fourth grade. Tell them that you want the backpack pill. Not that that one's going to be voted on today, but that you want that. Tell them uh, that you are sick and tired of playing around and you want them to do what you sent them to Columbus for. The idea that the Save Women Sports Act is opposed by women, including one Republican in the committee, the uh, uh, committee that just passed this, which committee was that? That's the House Higher Education Committee. Gail Manning was one Republican woman, and then all Democrats, including Democrat women, of course, on that panel, 
voted against the Save Women Sports Act. So here's what I would say. Since they're so big on branding and they're so big on names and they're so big on, you know, um, defining things by their characteristics, here's what I would ask. If the name of the bill is the Save Women Sports Act and you vote against it, are you not by definition voting to kill women's sports? Saving women's sports is one option. The opposite option would be to kill women's sports. I would ask women, why do you hate women? Why do you want to take their sports away? Why do you want to take their private spaces and opportunities away? And I don't care if you're a leftist or if you are a conservative, that's a question you must you must answer. That's all the time we have. Thanks to my guest, Michael Ganadakis. Thanks to Jack Windsor. Thanks to my team of Josh and Marianne and Marcy. And thanks to you for listening. Want you to be well. Want you to be safe. Want you to stay free. We'll see you tomorrow on Always Right Radio. Bye-bye. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.